Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good evening. So we continue our intensive retreat. Each in our own shelter. Yet at home together as we take refuge in the three treasures, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You may have noticed recently in yourself and people you come into contact with or hear or speak with a feeling of impatience. Coming from the top down, current president, and the bottom up, understandably, people who have no income and are desperate to get out there, find a new job. And others were just tired of being kept from doing what they want to do when they want to do it. All right, already, enough. Let's get back to work. Let's go browse in actual stores and visit friends in person and party on. Well, as most of you have experienced in session, there's often a time, maybe around the middle day, fourth day, when impatience wells up. The mighty ego, which has begun to dissolve somewhat, goes into high alert. Wait a minute, I'm in charge. This is threatening my authority. I've got to resume control. When is this going to end? I'm out of here. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I don't mean to suggest that we're at the halfway mark 
far from it. There is no halfway mark. And there are no halfway measures. But as you may have experienced, the first part of session, the first few days, no matter how much resistance you feel or how murky your mind seems, there's something that gives us a strength we didn't even know we had. And resolve comes forth. We exhale and let it all go. And we find ourselves one with the moment we're in. As you know, the word session, session means to gather together or unite the heart mind, which of course has never been separated. So we return to the wholeness of being with this breath, this moment, and session deepens. And we begin to see the fundamental emptiness of everything we've depended on. Everything we thought we needed to get or hold on to. And what happens? We surrender. We discover what the Heart Sutra tells us, no hindrance in the mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond upside down views, at last, Nirvana. And impatience and resistance fall away. And 
we fall in love. The song of a bird at this time as the day comes to an end. The new green that seems to hover on the bare branches. The scent of the earth when raindrops penetrate into the ground. Snowflakes being blown horizontally by the wind and, of course, each of you. All these bodhisattvas sitting together. Speaking this way, of course, I yearn to be in the Zendo with you, not just on Zoom, but we are in the midst of the great session COVID-19. Most intensive session any of us has ever done. So feelings of impatience must be recognized as the undercover agents of the three poisons. Craving, aversion, ignorance, greed, anger, and folly. And these assert themselves so powerfully when we revert back to separated individualities. Remember what the Buddha says to Sabuti in the Diamond Sutra. Long ago, sometime during my past 500 mortal lives, I was an ascetic practicing patience. 
Even then I was free from distinctions of separated selfhood. When my body was mutilated, my limbs cut away piece by piece by the Raja of Kalinga, had I been bound by distinctions of a separated individuality, feelings of anger and hatred would certainly have been aroused in me. And later, the Buddha says, if a bodhisattva bestows in charity enough of the seven treasures to fill as many worlds as there are sand grains of the Ganges River, and another realizing that all things are egoless, attains perfection through patient forbearance. The merit of the latter will far exceed that of the former. So it's this conception of separateness that makes us think things should be otherwise. Hmm? That makes us feel, I want to be free of these restrictions and get back to normal life. But what is that? If we see clearly what we conceived of as normal is abnormal. Not at all in tune with nature, with the Dharma. And as the Buddha said, when we realize that all things are egoless, we can allow ourselves the gift of patient forbearance. So I see the coronavirus as a great Kesaku. One that can help us awaken to our interconnectedness and live accordingly. This is not a mere interval of hardship, okay? This is not just an inconvenient interruption 
in our otherwise productive lives. This is the culmination of the karma we share as humans on this planet. Of course, scientists have warned us for years about what the climate crisis would bring because of too many people, too much acquisition, unfettered commerce, and unheeding consumption. And Mother Earth has responded with global disasters, fires, floods, earthquakes, typhoons, drought, and disease. So we can never get back. And we cannot go forward unless we acknowledge and live by the lessons that we have been learning in this session. What are they? Slow down. Sit. Stay. Accept circumstances as they are. Things as they are. And open, open to your own and others fear and pain. Be willing, not willful. Be brave and resolute. This is steadfast practice. And coming from this steadiness, we can listen. We can offer loving kindness wordlessly without any ideas about it. We can simply be present moment by moment. So if we don't get swept 
up by impatience for a return to so-called <clears throat> normalcy. <clears throat> what can we do? We can appreciate and dedicate ourselves to a new way of living on the earth. A way in keeping with Buddhist principles and practice. We can live our vow to save all beings. And what is meant by saving? To accept ourselves and each other. Radically accept how it is with us, how it is with each of you. And to realize that self and others are not two. To have deep respect for everyone and everything sentient, seemingly insentient alike. A drop of water, a piece of toilet paper, an electric light, a human, a dog, a bird. We have entered into a crucial period. This is a period of purification. So with faith in the three treasures, let us begin to make reparations to Mother Earth and to all her creatures by vowing to live simply with love and gratitude, giving ourselves to the four great vows. And before we chant that together, great vows, I wanted to read a poem that Chigen sent me a while ago when all of this was starting to get very serious. It's called Pandemic by Lynn Ungar. And I'm sure some of you have read it. 
What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different from what it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better or for worse in sickness and in health so long as we all shall live. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.